We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, the uh, Bowerly on WBEN Facebook page uh, uploaded some photos. Some didn't come through, so I might have to do it again, but uploaded some pictures of the uh, big Lancaster disco at the uh, Depew-Lancaster Moose Organization Saturday night, uh, including a video of Mrs. Nerd um, modeling the the dress she wore. No, not naked. Um, At least I don't think I posted that one. I better check. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, Mrs. Nerd modeling. She wore a uh, a vintage like 1970s dress that her mother wore back in the 1970s. So if it looks like it's vintage, it is vintage. And no, my suit had nothing to do with disco. It's just the only thing I, I could think of to wear um, that actually fit me <laughs> uh, to the uh, disco. Anyway, um, and I saw no moose dancing, by the way, at the disco. That would have been highly entertaining and very destructive. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, uh, Bowerly. We are, again, taking a look to the uh, natural gas appliance ban. And again, uh, Governor Hochul is expected to uh, introduce uh, her legislation proposal in her state budget. That's what State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort told us last week. A lot of the details we don't know. I would bet you a lot of details Kathy Hochul doesn't know. But to me, the whole thing is uh, it's impractical. Um, if you had a, if your life was saved or somebody you know had their life saved because they had natural gas, I'd like to know. Because, okay, let's say the grid is updated, but Mother Nature comes along and knocks off your electricity. What are you going to do? I mean, then it doesn't matter what they do to the grid. Mother Nature is going to have her way with us, whether it's a snowstorm, a blizzard, an ice storm, and uh, you're going to be out of power, which is not a lot of fun. And you go back and listen to our blizzard coverage and find out just what a big concern that was to people as they watched their interior uh, temperature dropping and dropping and dropping, or they'd call in and they'd say, I'm worried about my mom. It's 37 degrees inside of her home. Well, that is actually a reason for worry. But uh, the cost of bringing your home uh, to a point where it's able to process all of the electricity you're going to need for these new um, uh, uh, appliance regulations is going to be very, very prohibited. You know, isn't it interesting that uh, a, a voter ID card would be cost prohibitive and unfair to women and minorities? But somehow reaching into your pocket and demanding 10, 20, 30,000 bucks to upgrade your home so it's able to accommodate all of the new appliances you're going to need, somehow that isn't discriminatory at all. I mean, it's very discriminatory toward people who don't have means. And I don't know how many people listening to my voice have an extra $30,000 just sitting around their house so they can bring their electric up to speed. And then how many have the amount of uh, money, how many make the amount of money necessary to uh, cover the cost of heating your home in the wintertime? Um, because it is more expensive than natural gas. Uh, this, this whole thing, it just it stinks to high heaven. 
Um, no, they're not going to send the state police in to confiscate your uh, oven or your furnace or anything like that. But after 2030, your furnace dies, you're stuck with electric. And that's a big investment. And it's going to cost you more every month anyway. And the heat pumps um, are of dubious reliability, as I understand it, as the temperature gets lower and lower and lower. And I can't even begin to imagine a situation where, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time, certainly not in recorded history, but uh, what if our temperature went below the point at which even the modern heat pumps can generate electricity and heat? And then you're going to be in a situation where when you absolutely most need warmth in your home, you're going to see your pipes start to break and water spewing all over, and you won't be able to do much about it because your fingers and feet are going to be numb from the cold. I mean, it, it's just this this idea jeopardizes lives, it jeopardizes safety, and it certainly jeopardizes your financial future. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine, hey, the electric contractors, they're going to love it. The electricians, they're going to love it. But for the rest of but frankly, these guys are busy enough. And just like any other line of human endeavor, electrical contractors have a hard enough time finding employees now much less as the future demand for qualified electrical people to meet what's going to happen in the future. You know, like uh, like any other business, if you're an electrical contractor, um, you know that uh, you have a hard time recruiting and retaining personnel who know what they're doing. And how many of you have trained somebody, you've stuck with somebody, and then uh, the minute they get any good, they're off, they start their own business so they can do it for somebody else. Oh, uh, but anyway, uh, you can see where I come down on this issue. And, uh, you know, with with the uh, uh, ele- electrical grid situation, now I'd like to speak with somebody from National Grid about what they're doing to upgrade the electrical grid. But since everything is interconnected, j- just making New York State or Western New York's electrical grid more 2023-ish or 2030-ish, that doesn't really mean too much if everybody around us is going down and you get into these cascading blackouts, does it? And how much further ahead are we? That being said, I mean, of course our grid should be updated. But unless it's, my understanding is, unless it's universally updated, it doesn't really do a whole lot for us because we're going to get nailed with a cascading blackout, as I understand it. Uh, let's get back to the calls I'm still laughing about her dress from Saturday night. It's an awesome choice, but I can't believe it's that good after all these years. All right, back to the calls on WBEN. And, yes, the dress is older than she. Um, Let's go to uh, Jane in Amherst. You're on WBEN. Hello. Hey, Tom. Yes, ma'am. So, um, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we actually separated the legislative process from the budget process and then the legislators could do their job and represent the people? Oh, what an idea. Well, they still can. I mean, it would also be nice if our uh, voices in Western New York actually meant anything in a state that is totally dominated by New York City. Very true. So, all right, I've got uh, three quick points on the smart meters, because this is this, this is actually a, a pretty important issue. Number one, these things are a fire hazard. They are not made uh, in the same robust way that the analog meters are. They're cheaply made, consumer product grade, plastic, and the people that are installing them are many times temporary employees that get quick training. They're not electricians, and um, 
So, you know, when your house goes up in flames, the utility will will not agree that it's because of the fire hazard. Um, but if you do a little research online, you'll find that for the last dozen years, these have been a fire hazard all over the world. Um, and to the point where the companies have actually gone and replaced them in whole districts or, you know, whole towns. So that's one. Number two, uh, there's radio frequency pulses that are sent through your home continuously in milliseconds. So basically your house gets to be kind of like a microwave oven. And uh, there are, you know, you have multiple source exposure because you've got your phones, your tablets, Wi-Fi, and then you have this continual radio frequency. And um, there, the thermal effects of the hazards to people's health are well documented from headaches and anxiety to uh, to cancer. So it's it's no small matter. And uh, the last would be the selling of our data. So every one of our appliances gets turned into a transmitter. And um, basically what that means is they can they can track your movements within your house. So what are you doing? Are you turning on the lights? Are you uh, using your TV or your computer? What time do you come? What time do you go? And the utilities have actually said that they can make more money by selling our data than by supplying the power. So I think that's rather telling. Uh, yeah, as far as the smart meter fires, just like everything else in this world, there's two sides of that story. Uh, there are some sites which purport to cover um, smart meter electrical fires as a fact, and there are other sites which say there's no evidence that smart meters have more of a fire hazard than any other meter. Uh, I, I will say I've never heard of a regular electrical meter starting a fire. Um, I've, ne- I've never, I've never heard of that being listed as a cause, but there are some photographs online of uh, what looks to be smart meter fires. But again, I don't know what to tell you because there are some sites that say they are a fire hazard and others that say they aren't. The bigger concern to me is the fact that somebody outside of my home would be able to regulate the temperature and, and electrical usage inside my home. I'm paying for it. It's my business. Yeah, I mean these people—they're in the—they're in the power delivery service. They're not in the tracking and selling your data service, uh, right? So why? Well, there, there should be. I mean, if, if well, let's put it this way. I mean, there there, there needs to be some consumer protection uh, as we move forward with technology, so that uh, our internal household movements are not made um, so somebody can sell our data because they're able to uh, uh, to know what we're doing and and when we're doing it. Um, but I guess like any other aspect of uh, the technological age, the law is somewhere in the Wild West and technology is on the moon. Law has not caught up with technology. So obviously, yeah, if, if what you're saying in. is true, there's got to be consumer protection built in. Well, yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice if there are. But unfortunately, you know, in, in our country, you pretty much have to opt out versus opt in. And they have lawyers that write these. Oh, my God, who can even get through all the things that you have to opt in or opt out of to, to use an app or anything electronic, right? Well, uh, thank you uh, very much for the phone call. I appreciate it. Uh, but uh, actually, as part of a uh, successful class action lawsuit recently, uh, I expect to be retiring soon, received a very, very big check the other day. I'm embarrassed to tell you the amount because you'll be jealous. Um, it was 16 cents. They spent 50 cents postage to send me a 16 cent stamp. They could have saved their time, really. I'm going to go to the bank and cash a 16 cent check? No.
<laughs> now, there is, by the way, a number. Um, National Grid, uh, if a customer chooses not to receive a smart meter, they can call 1-855-377-SMART and let us know they'd prefer not to receive a meter at this time. 1-855-377-SMART. So uh, that's a phone call that uh, I shall be making tomorrow. I uh, Just what I need, something else uh, to do. So they make your life so complicated with uh, opt out of this, opt out of that. You must be the active party in it. Uh, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, uh, but uh, that'll be something I'll do uh, in the afternoon. I have something i got to do in the morning, um, which will predispose me or indispose me for the afternoon. Let's go to, no, it's not a colonoscopy. Don't get excited. Let's go to Frank in Niagara Falls. You are on WBEN. Welcome. I was going to say, in the wording of all these new proposals, uh, I was wondering about uh, the Con Ed. They produce steam to heat uh, buildings and everything like in New York City. They have like four or five generating stations, 91% natural gas, and the rest is low sulfur oil. And yet when Dunkirk and those generating stations up here wanted to use natural gas or convert, they said it's too dangerous. So what's the difference? (laughs) Well, I, I'm not exactly sure that uh, there is a difference, to be honest with you, but uh, most of our country's electricity comes from burning. Let's see, we're, we're trying to uh, be better to the environment and reduce uh, emissions, and most of the electricity in this country is produced by what? Coal. Yeah, burning coal. And we're going to have more coal burning to fuel more electric appliances. Makes perfect sense to me. Tom, another quick thing on, you, you know, like there's always, when you mentioned that World Economic Forum, but the thing on private homes, and probably why they're pushing the thing for gas stove is because they're going to try to, you know, make the homes more airtight. So there's no natural air actually moving into the building, you know, and maybe that's what their concern was. They're going to make it so airtight that there's going to be no ventilation. I don't know. I don't know what the advantage to that would be. But uh, I mean, the World Economic Forum—they're the people who brought us that wonderful expression: "You will own nothing and be happy." They're the people who brought us the term "the Great Reset." Uh, these are not pro-capitalist people. These are a bunch of rich people who want to divide the world as it once was divided into the elite ruling class, the nobility, and the rest of us peasants and serfs. Exactly. Have a good day. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, folks, that's that's the nature of history. Um, there's always been a power pendulum between the people who are noble and blue buds and very, very wealthy and, and the rest of us schnooks. They're members of a club you and I will never be members of. Um, and it's highly unfortunate, but it is the way it is. And uh, I, when you read the World Economic Forum's own information, you will see that although what I just said sounds like a bunch of overnight radio conspiracy theory tinfoil hat stuff, um, that's actually out there as, as part of the agenda. And it's pretty freaky. And as I've said, you should be very concerned about the future that your children and your grandchildren are going to be growing up in because they're going to be the ones who are going to have to deal with uh, the new reality, which is... Um, basically, you can forget about nations. You can forget about nation states. It's all about one world government. And basically, the new paradigm, maybe 50 years from now, maybe shorter, maybe longer, is going to be basically two classes of people. The super, super rich, who will be the new nobility, and the rest of the schnooks, who will be the disposable peasants. So 
it is, you know, it is what it is. But it's pretty obvious that's the way things are heading. Uh, and don't just take my word for it. Read what the World Economic Forum has to say. Um, it's uh, it, it's pretty it's it's a pretty bleak picture. And again, I, I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds far out, but it's right there. They don't even try to hide it. I mean, you don't even have to have a book about conspiracies. It's right there on their own website. It's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. I'm I'm one of the peasants, and if you're listening to this show, you're one of the peasants too. Doesn't matter if your net worth is 15 million or 50 million, you are a peasant to these people. They're an exclusive elite, and you and I will never be a part of them. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome. Uh, doing a show here on the uh, the uh, mandated changeover to natural gas appliances 2030 looms. And uh, seven years goes by pretty quickly. It seems like just yesterday I was sitting here doing coverage of the October surprise storm of 2006. And that was many more than seven years ago, but it seems like it was just yesterday. Time does fly, and the older you get, time flies even faster. By the way, forget about that number I gave you for the opt-out number for National Grid's uh, smart meters. I called the number during the commercial break. The call could not be completed. The call could not be completed. So uh, tomorrow, I guess I'll have some more work to do, finding out what number I call to opt out of getting a, uh, a smart meter. Now, that has come up in several calls today. I don't want to turn this into the smart meter show. So if you're calling about that, I think we've covered that about as much as we can right now and uh, try to get somebody from National Grid on to talk about that and talk about any modifications to the um, electric grid that uh, are planned, as one of our previous callers had suggested. And it would be nice to see the... Uh, National Grid people uh, step up to the plate in terms of public relations, but you know, then you go to the National Grid site, and they're all buying into this whole new, uh, you know, oh, we're all about uh, clean energy, clean energy. Of course, National Grid would be because uh, if everybody's switching to electric, it's going to be great for National Grid. Um, National Fuel. Um, I would love to get some people on from National Fuel to uh, talk about this. I know that they have made various presentations to various politicians and uh, various uh, civic groups, but uh, they need to make a presentation to you on the radio on WBEN. If I was National Fuel Gas, I'd be I'd be raising a ruckus over this. And I'd like to hear more from National Grid about exactly how uh, you're going to have any kind of uh, a grid ready. And uh, the ultimate question for National Grid is, okay, so if everything is electric, the next blizzard we get, how many people are you prepared to uh, say died because the electric went out? And how can you get repair crews out, as we saw in the last storm, December 22, if the plows can't roll, the electric repair people can't roll? And for as great a job as they did, once they were able to get out there, the conditions were such that they couldn't get out there when people most needed them. You know, again, kind of like the 
public radio station in Buffalo. They were nowhere to be heard. We were 24-7 um, from Friday all the way through Sunday. Uh, we were there for you. Um, we slept at the station. We ate at the station. Um, we didn't shower at the station, which was kind of unfortunate. But, you know, we were certainly here for you. Uh, but anyway, we all knew coming into work Friday that uh, anybody who was here Friday wasn't going to go home. And when the National Weather Service days in advance, uh, a day in advance says difficult to impossible travel, they warned us. They warned everybody. And I'm still trying to figure out how the death toll for the blizzard of 22 is twice what it was for the blizzard of 77. I've lived through both of those storms. And you would think with today's access of information, um, people would have been better informed. But maybe it's a question of people have so many options that they weren't turned into local sources. They were too busy wrapped up in what Rihanna was doing and not wrapped up enough in uh, what they needed to be looking out for in their own lives. And not to mention the fact, as we brought up before, the temperatures on Friday morning were in the 40-degree range. And then they quickly dropped and plummeted, and uh, we got all that snow. And, hey, if not for the actions of Jay Withy, that uh, 50 death toll, if I round it out, would be more like 74 dead. Um, so it was individual people who made the difference. It wasn't government that made the difference. They tried, but the people in government, there were some areas of this, like Pine Ridge in Cheektowaga was virtually inaccessible to the Cheektowaga Police Department. I don't blame Cheektowaga PD at all. It was just inaccessible. When the giant plows were getting stuck, how is a police cruiser or an ambulance or a power uh, utility company vehicle, how are they going to be any different? Um, the only thing that wouldn't have gotten stuck would have been one of those snowcat vehicles, which are limited by speed. They can only go so fast. And I'm not sure how much fuel they are able to carry on board and what uh, their miles per gallon. It's seven miles per gallon. Not sure how big the tank is, but not sure how practical that is for the uh, long haul. If you've got to do a search and rescue operation, um, you might have not much of a window to get out there and uh, get going. Um, anyway, let's get uh, back to the calls on WBEN. Um, Blizzard of 22 left a mark um, on many of you. Many of you were personally affected by losses in the blizzard of 22. Um, it was very difficult for all of us here at the radio station. As far as I know, none of us lost anybody. None of us lost anybody close. I came very close uh, with a carbon monoxide leak in my ex-wife's home. Um, but fortunately, because I, I'm a bit of a uh, bit of a pain in the ass on such things, I I made sure that my ex-wife had carbon monoxide detectors. Um, in the home, which did ultimately save their lives. So I'm kind of happy that I'm a pain in the ass about those things. Um, let's go to uh, Jim on WBEN. Jim, uh, this whole switchover situation, where are you at? I'm totally against it. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. Uh, let's move on to another call. Now, why, uh, what, <laughs> what, uh, what, <laughs> why, why are you against it? Well, first of all, I own a double home. And I live in downstairs, and I run out the upstairs. So I have two furnaces, two hot water tanks. I got a gas dryer, an electric dryer. But to switch all that over is going to cost me a fortune, number one. Number two, sleep apnea. My sister Kathy's got sleep apnea, so hers plugs into the wall. She's got a Generex generator, which runs on natural gas. She lost power during the storm for six hours. She didn't know because she was sleeping. But 
she didn't know because her Generex turned on, and there you go, because it helps her sleep. So it actually worked. So it, Right, exactly. The, the generator did. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, when, when you are wearing a CPAP mask and your power goes out, you know it because breathing becomes a chore. Right, but hers kicked on. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? And it helps her sleep. So without all that natural gas, we're in a lot of trouble. Absolutely are, sir. A- absolutely. I- I'm glad your generator worked because, you know, one of the – this came up once before during this program, but one of the lingering um, – uh, lingering uh, messages to me anyway from the blizzard of 22 is don't take your natural gas generator for granted um, you got to make sure it's not going to be sucking in snow when you need it the most and if it does you should familiarize yourself with how to get in there and how to get that uh, was it the filter out that you need to dry out for it to operate again right yeah and she she was taught all that by the generex people what to do and so she keeps hers really clean now, I know it's a, look. I know it's a good company. I know they've got a lot of good local um, installers who tried their best. Right. And then I, I heard today, which I don't know if it's true or not, but I'd like to know if you guys could investigate this. This whole thing about getting rid of all this, I heard that the stock market people are involved in this. Well, that's, I don't know that's how kind true of a... it is, but they. That that's a that's a pushing. big that that's a, that's a big thing. I don't know the stock market people. Um, explain, please. Well, from what I under, from what I heard today, I don't know if it's true. I'm just trying to figure this out. That they're pushing this, and states are telling them to stop. A lot of states don't are not going for this green, getting rid of the natural gas and stuff. But they're telling them to stop it. New York State has not done that. Because of course the stock market's in New York State, so yeah, I, I guess I would need to know what stock market people. Look, look any, anytime yeah, you see I a situation don't, you don't understand, I mean, stock market people or whomever. Anytime you see a situation you don't understand, you always have to look at the financial interest. So it would make sense to study who makes out in this, who doesn't make out in this. Clearly, the electrical interest they make out big time in this. The manufacturers right. of electric appliances they make out big time in this. But as far as I know, there's only one American manufacturer of hot water tanks. Only one. Oh, I don't. I'm, I got a hot water tank that that's made by Maytag. That thing is awesome. How, how old? How old is that? And are you sure? Oh, it, it's old. And the thing is just amazing. And the guy told me when I had it installed, he goes, "This thing is. It will last you forever." He goes, "Honestly, and the thing is awesome." Never had a problem with it or anything, and it's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm no happy to that, hear that. But... I'm sure the people at uh, Maytag uh, are as well. But I mean, I'm not, I, I got to double check that fact. Uh, but I, I think I was told that, uh, let's put it this way if there are more than one, there aren't many people who make these uh, hot water tanks uh, left in the United States. As I mean, we obviously know we've lost a lot of our manufacturing. I'm not even sure where my stove was made, don't know where my refrigerator was made. I don't have a clue. But, oh yeah, a lot of it's all made in China. Most yeah, of it anyway. It, it, but, it, nothing, yeah. nothing would surprise me. Uh, thank, thank you very yeah. much, Steve. I, or, I'm sorry, Jim. I, I appreciate the phone call. It's like my, I, I used to tell you, I bought four Ford Escort station wagons, manual transmission, bought them in a row, and uh, I thought I was doing a good thing. I'm buying America, and then I looked at the sticker, made in Hermosillo, Mexico.
Really? You got to be kidding me. Uh, let's go to Charles in uh, Hamburg on WBEN. Charles, uh, converting to natural gas, sir. What's up? Well, a few things. Uh, that, that guy you were just talking to a second ago, he's talking about uh, BlackRock and uh, Vanguard and State Street. They're uh, big into this uh, kind of conversion thing. And, you know, BlackRock has uh, uh, known for buying lots of real estate. Um, a couple of other things I wanted to mention that I'll try to be really quick on it. Um, one of them is with Kathy Hochul's, um, her State of the State address, she used some phony numbers about uh, asthma being 12.6% 12, 12 in New York State. Anyone can go online and find a uh, website that has an interactive map for all the states, and it shows their asthma rate. And um, for New York State, it's 58 which is only a little bit higher than uh, what it is for Hawaii. And it explains that uh, asthma is an allergic reaction. And as you probably know about allergies where one person could breathe something in, it doesn't bother them at all. Another person, it gives them an allergic reaction. And um, it even states the two biggest sources of these uh, asthma uh, um, conditions. And uh, the number two is mold and um, Number one is cockroaches, uh, especially the dung of cockroaches. Um, so it, it, the, if, you, if you took these things out of the picture, it would be, uh, you know, much lower. Well, we had, and, a physician, um, we had a physician on the show to talk about the study which said that uh, natural gas uh, is making asthma worse, particularly for children, and he basically uh, debunked that particular study. Um, it was not well done, and it was not uh, republished, or it, it was basically junk, and that's what they're using. But one of the things, see, one of the ways you know that this whole thing is BS is when they start bringing the children into it. We're doing this for the children, the children. That's like the last resort of a scoundrel. Used to be patriotism, now it's the children. Right. Well, there's one more thing I'd like to mention. They, 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 this is a party of uh, people that... Um, you know, they have that uh, messianic mentality. They're going to save the world from, uh, you know, uh, 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 what global warming is really what it comes down to. And they tell us to follow the science. And uh, here's a little tidbit of science for you. They recently drilled through the ice in uh, northern uh, Greenland, you know, where all the uh, tribes of green people live. And they, they found a, a, uh, a great deal of uh, uh, material that had... Uh, DNA in it. It's from trees and from animals and so on. And the, so the, the, there was massive forest and, and the place was full of animals. So this tells you that at one point there were no ice caps. There's nothing to be afraid of about the global, you know, warming. And it's not even it's not even warming. They just start calling it Climate change. Uh, climate change. Yeah, they, 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 cha they, they change. Yeah, they change the whole terminology. And back in the 1970s, there was actually a documentary which I've been unable to find online any reference to it. It was called "We Will Freeze to Death in the Dark." I think it was on ABC, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, th thank you, thank you very much. But yeah, I mean, there the <laughs> the climate has changed many many times over the millennia over millions of years. I keep on telling you it's geologic time. Mother Nature has her own time schedule. Our lifespans are like a gnat on an elephant when it comes to geologic time. Actually, a gnat on a herd of elephants over geologic time. Our lifespans don't mean anything. And you know, it's funny the gentleman mentioned the Greenland ice samples. You can't say anything um, on the whole climate change debate without 
oh, wait a minute, that's not true. When, when you go online and you, you look this stuff up, you get people saying, well, here's what the Greenland ice core samples mean. Then you get people saying, oh, no, it doesn't mean that whatsoever. So let's leave Greenland in Greenland, but let's just talk about Buffalo and western New York, okay? It is beyond any debate, beyond any so-called fact-check online, that 12,000 years ago, your home in western New York was under one mile minimum of ice cover, one mile. And then before any factory, before vast herd of cattle were farting their little hearts away, before any of that stuff, the ice glaciers melted. That's why we have the Great Lakes. That's why we have the Finger Lakes. Why we have the Niagara Escarpment. Now, nobody is going to fact check that because everybody agrees on that. So if you agree on that, that nature changes climate, you have to ask yourself the question, if nature does what nature is going to do, what can we as mere hip pipsqueak uh, humans do to the climate? The earth is on its own timetable. Um, we don't matter. And, and why we are investing so much worry and, and so much energy, literally and figuratively, into a problem that isn't of our making is beyond me. And I've also told you that in the year 1000, the climate in England then was very similar to the climate in the south of France today. Climate change has nothing to do with pollutants, the, the Industrial Revolution, nothing like that. Climate changes over time. You look at, uh, was it the, uh, there's certain parts of Africa that are desolate now that used to be lush tropical vegetation areas, and they're not anymore because climate changes. Um, it, it's just, it seems so basic. We were all taught this in elementary school. Remember the lectures about the ice ages that we went through in Western New York? Um, and uh, Greenland, let, be, let Greenland be Greenland. I'm going to stick with what I know. And what I know is Western New York, because of climate change, is Western New York. If it wasn't climate change that naturally happened, we'd all be under a big mile high glacier and none of us would be alive. That's a very simple concept to understand. You're driving around the escarpment, take a look at it. That's your ice age. Driving by the lake, take a look at it. That's the ice age. Uh, receding of the glaciers, whether it's Ontario, Erie, Huron, Superior, Michigan, Georgian Bay. Some people call that the Sixth Great Lake. It's all the glaciers when they melted because of climate change. And here we are trying to say that we cause climate change. Mother Nature causes climate change. Mother Nature does. The Earth does. If you love the Earth, res respect what the Earth does because we can't do anything about it anyway, can we? Uh, it is, uh, and frankly, in the lifetime of anybody you care about, <laughs> doesn't really matter because... We're talking geologic time and not human time, which are two different things. Um, I don't know. I wasn't going to do this all four hours, but uh, if you guys want me to, I guess it'd be silly to uh, get off a winning horse. Um, I'll take some more calls on this, obviously, in the 5 o'clock hour. And looking uh, to the future shows we do on this, I do want to get people on from National Grid. I would like to get people on from National Fuel. I would like to get people on from uh, government. We did have Rob Ort on last, uh, last week. Um, poor Josh. I asked him to save the Rob Ort interview, but it's 20 minutes long. I, cannot, I can't replay the whole thing um, today if I wanted to mail it in. I suppose I could, but I, I wouldn't want to mail it in because Joe Beamer is going to be sitting in for me tomorrow, and that would just be too much mailing it in in a very short period of time. Uh, anyway, well, I have to have my legs corrected because of the uh, 
well, my opinion, because of the vaccine, um, because that's when they got all swelling up. So, But again, I've told you guys this before. I'm not a good example because every vaccine that I take, I have a very bad reaction to it. So genetically or whatever, my body is very, very susceptible to side effects from vaccines, whether it was the rabies shot, whether it was the shingle shot. So the COVID shot was just another example of it messed me up. And this thing I got to get fixed um, because I don't particularly like wearing compression socks. (laughs) You cannot not look old wearing compression socks. But like I say, I'm not a good example. If every vaccine does it, I can't say the COVID vaccine is any worse than the shingles vaccine was for me. My body's weird. What do you want me to say? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.